Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hello, and welcome to World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today, we're looking at France, a country beset by strikes and terrorism, which is simultaneously struggling to host a major football championship, Euro 2016. So how is the French government and French society coping Joining me to discuss that is here in London, Ben Hall, our former Paris bureau chief, and on the line from Paris, Anne-Sylvain Chassigny. Anne-Sylvain, is there an atmosphere of crisis in in France at the moment? What were the strikes and then this recent really horrific terrorist murder of policeman and his wife? There's definitely a sense of unease and crisis, although I could say that it's been going on for a while now, I guess, for more than a year. You've got the sense of the country being on on a high terror alert. And, um, you know, since January 2015, there's been a series of uh, pretty horrific terror attacks. So I think the country lives in this very anxious environment. I mean, it's difficult enough with the police having to be on high alert after the two big Paris terror attacks and now this recent smaller one. But simultaneously, they're having to cope with the major labour unrest and with the football championships with all the concomitant hooliganism. So is there a worry that the police are now completely overstretched? There's evidence that the police is completely overstretched and completely exhausted. I was talking to one of the police union representatives the other day, and he was saying that sometimes police could be sent to Calais to uh, tackle the jungle of where migrants live in these horrific circumstances, and then they can be sent to um, try to contain protests in Paris, and they receive stones, and they face angry rioters, and then they can be sent to securitize a fan zone in the middle of a big, big town. They're being sent to a very wide array of missions, and some of them for months. So this guy was telling me that it's even getting dangerous, the fact that he's so tired. Yeah, I was in Marseille over the weekend, and of course it's not just the police, the military are very much in evidence. So is that one way of taking, I suppose, the pressure off the police, but also heightening the sense of crisis that you have people in military fatigues with machine guns wandering around the streets? So it's about 10,000 soldiers also deployed in the country. But soldiers are not meant to ensure security in urban environment. They're not really meant to do that. There's worries that they're not really equipped to react in proper way if something bad happens. So I think it adds to this sentiment that we are on high alert and uh, not necessarily helping. Mm. And Ben, I mean, of course, you know, labour unrest has been the story in France for 20 years and more when you were covering it. But does it surprise you that the unions at this moment of such national tension are not backing down at all? Not really, because I think they are clearly enraged by the political direction of this socialist government. And they are using this as a a moment of maximum leverage so that they can clearly try and steer the government back onto a more authentic socialist path, which in their eyes, I think they think it would probably actually increase that government's chances of re-election in the sense of unifying the left and, and then possibly giving Francois Hollande a chance 
a small chance of re-election next year. Mm. Far be it for me to give the French left-wing unions lectures on patriotism, but it does seem a bit extreme, though, when the country is so stretched and literally at danger from terrorism and has this big prestigious event that it's trying to pass off successfully that they can't kind of rein themselves in. It's always struck me that in France, and it's it's always worth noting, of course, union membership is very low compared to other European countries, including the UK, and it tends to be very concentrated in the public sector and also very obstructionist. So they are frequently willing to use their leverage and their power to shut the country down as best they can to get their way. And, I mean, the tragedy in a way for Francois Hollande is is that it comes at this juncture in the build-up to next year's presidential election and at the time when France is absolutely in the international spotlight, if you like, with uh, Euro 2016 going on. And Anne Sylvain, I mean, you talk to the government all the time. What do you think is preoccupying them, taking up most headspace, if I can put it like that? Is it the Labour stuff? Is it trying to get the tournament running smoothly? Or is it the background fear, and now, alas, in the foreground as well, of terrorism? Their main concern is security and the terror threat. And um, this morning, Manuel Valls, Prime Minister was on the radio saying, don't believe one second that we're going to budge on the labor law. I mean, the labor law has been uh, passed through decree, and I don't think the government is willing to reach a compromise with one particular union, however powerful. It's only one, um, well, two unions. The government has got the backing of another major union for this law. So I think their main concern is really security and terrorism at the moment. Mm. But how disruptive is the Labour stuff? There seem to be some cancellations of trains, some cancellation of flights, a little bit of garbage piling up on the streets, but society is still basically functioning, yeah? Yeah, exactly. It's not massively disruptive. As you say, you've got two trains that are three that are running, you know, in the, in the suburbs, for example. So it creates a minor disruption. And in terms of even the protests, yesterday there was this massive protest in Paris, in the center of Paris. But across France, demonstrations haven't been that big. So I think there's a sense that it was the last big show of strength yesterday, even though it was at times pretty violent. Ben, I mean, you had a chance to watch Alon's whole stint in power. Do you think belatedly now, just a year before the election, he has now got a sense of what he stands for and where he wants to go? His, if you like, adjustment back onto the path of social democracy after an initial burst on a more radical left, you know, 75% tax rates, capitalism being the enemy... That was the sort of aberration in Hollande. I think Hollande is a classic mainstream social democrat. And I think this is the path that he wants to take France down. The trouble is that he doesn't have a coalition of political support or popular support to really carry it through for a second term. And I struggle to see where he can gain that support from at the moment. His credibility is so dented. And that of his prime minister is also so dented that it's really hard to see how he could possibly recover. Even if the Euros go very successfully, I mean, even though you nearly got impaled on an iron fence in Marseille, Gideon, I think it was a little unfair to say the thing has been a failure so far. Not at all. In fact, it seems to be going pretty well. Football's great. I don't think that's really going to help him anyway, even if they do cater for a great Euro championships. Mm -hmm. I just don't see where his revival will come from. Yeah. And so just on terrorism, before we wrap up, how on edge are people? Because obviously the French security service, intelligence services are pretty developed and so on. But you, you can never be sure, can you, whether this stuff is going to come back? 
Yeah, and I, I think there's a sense it's going to happen again. And uh, I think people are strangely getting accustomed to it. This time, the terrorist had been convicted and was under surveillance. So it's not like this guy wasn't on the radar. So there's a sense that when you face those lone wolves, it's very difficult to know when they're going to strike, when they are on the verge of violence. I think there's this sentiment that there will be more attacks going forward and that it's going to take a long time to eradicate this threat. And last thing, Ben, of course, uh, there's one possible external shock that could come in a week's time if Britain votes to leave the EU. How big a blow would that be to France? Well, I think it could be quite a big blow to France. Clearly, not all French people are happy with the awkward Brits inside the European club, and some evidently would like to see us leave. But actually, most mainstream French people would think that it would be a huge blow to European unity, and it would feed the populist forces across Europe, and in, in particular in France, no doubt, not least the National Front led by Marine Le Pen, to push for something similar. And polls show that satisfaction with the EU is even greater in France than it is in the UK. So dissatisfaction. With dissatisfaction, yeah. dissatisfaction, absolutely. So a possible turbulent year ahead for France, but also three more weeks of football. So thank you very much indeed to Ben Hall here in the studio in London. Thanks also to Anne Sylvain in Paris. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, What's a mistake they made that changed their approach? And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.